Welcome to Street Knowledge with Chris Graham. Welcome to the podcast. It's Monday. Chris Graham joined by Rod Mullins. We're going to talk some NASCAR. Talladega on Sunday, Rod. And yep, we had the big one uh, on the last lap. Yeah. Bubba Wallace got the the white flag uh, in overtime. He tried a couple of blocks on the third one. Ryan Blaney bumped him and it seemed like it took half the field out. Kyle Busch in the right spot at the right time. Uh, boy, there was a lot to unpack there just in that last couple of laps. Yeah, and we're also missing the move by uh, Ross Chastain, too, when he tried to go in and split the difference between uh, the two rows of cars. And then when he does that, he gets squeezed out. Then everything starts right after that, too. So, you know, they had some trouble with this race. But, uh, I, you know, I, I kind of had said – um, I wouldn't be surprised to see Kyle Busch, you know, make it into victory lane with this race because, uh, you know, he's got everything in the world to prove right now and he's proven it for RCR and, you know, he was in the right place at the right time, but he did something that a lot of the drivers, I don't think they did. And that was, he gambled, he gambled with what he had a fuel. Uh, they weren't sure he was going to be able to stay out. Even if they did go into an overtime period, um, you know, he just used what he could and, you know, being from Las Vegas, I guess that kind of helped him out a little bit. You know, you, you kind of play around with the odds a little bit and he took the chance, even though his crew chief told him, I think you need to come in. And he went ahead and ignored it anyway. And he stayed out on the track. And it was probably the best thing in the world he could have done. Yeah. He ignored it. I think he said too, after the race that by the time they were, they had decided to you know, send him down into the pits. Uh, he'd already kind of passed the area where he could have made it, made it in there safely. So right. a little bit of a gamble there. He didn't know if he was going to run out of gas or not. I, was it Ty Gibbs that actually did run out of gas on that second restart? Yes, he did. Yeah, he did. He, he On the restart, he did. And just as soon as he gave the gas, uh, gave it gas, all of a sudden, boom, it just went. He started pulling down to the apron of the racetrack and getting out of the way, and everybody took off around him. But, you know, um, I guess you could say too this other thing that happened with uh, with Kyle Busch, you know, he talked about one of these things. You know, sometimes you got to be lucky, and you've got to, you know, the races are going to come down to a situation where you've got to take them when they come your way. And you know, he's, you know, example of this. He did that at Bristol here a year ago when he was in the right place at the right time, and he took advantage of Chase Briscoe and Tyler Reddick getting turned around, and he went ahead and he went through there and he won the race. This time around, you know, this track had not exactly been good to him over the last 15 years. He's not exactly finished uh, the best in some of these races, but he managed to stay up close to the front and watch everybody else kind of pick themselves off and then have to go and have to come in and pit. But you mentioned about Bubba Wallace. You know, I'm telling you, um, you know, right there toward the end, they exchanged the lead, you know, the final two laps of the race. And you really wondered whether or not Bubba was going to get picked, you know, and get this win out of it like he was hoping. But like you said, Ryan Blaney, um, you know, he got tagged by Ryan Blaney there as they were trying to vie for the lead just as the white flag flew, signaling the one lap to go. And then here he came around and Kyle Busch ended up, you know, getting the, uh, the checkers right there under the overtime period. But getting back to that one thing of that wreck between with Ross Chastain and then triggering that big wreck, um, you know, a lot of people are, have been saying that uh, it was a racing deal. It was one of those things. Um, 
you know, you've got to take a chance when you get down to less than two laps, three laps to go and stuff. You really need to make your move. These guys had started back, I guess, from a restart is what they had done once, uh, once again, uh, after one of the other wrecks had happened. But what happened was, I think more than anything else, um, Ross Chastain was trying to make something happen and he was hoping he would be the benefactor out of it. But my own opinion about it, I think that knowing it was close quarters, I think he made a real bonehead move. Uh, some people might say, you know, it's a racing deal. Yeah, it was. But, uh, I think with those cars going 195, almost 200 miles an hour, knowing what they do, knowing that the slight little tap will send one of those cars spinning, you know, he tried to thread that needle and obviously he got stuck in the process by the needle when he was trying to thread it. So he didn't make it and, uh, didn't finish the race, uh, where he wanted to be at that was in victory lane. Uh, Wallace, you know, you mentioned, uh, I mean, that the last couple, that, that was so much else going on in his race, but the last couple right. of laps, uh, so much breaking down on, on the, on that restart there in overtime, Wallace, I think started fourth in the restart. He worked his way up. He ended up taking the lead, uh, uh, before the, the white flag. And, mm-hmm. um, uh, but it, he took that high line and, um, yeah. it, it was clear he was, he, he, he didn't have quite enough to stay in front of Blaney and they, they, they're good friends. And so it's one of those things where, you know, I mean, there was not, there was nothing. And certainly after the race, Wallace said it wasn't Blaney's fault. It was his fault, uh, after the race, but, um, uh, you know, he, he took that high line, tried to block once, tried to block twice. And man, you know, it's, you know, when you're, when you're on at, at those speeds on a super speedway, you know, trying to block a guy a third time on, on the high line like that, that, that was just a recipe for disaster. Well, and then also too, and I, I didn't mention this, you know, Kyle Larson was involved in that big wreck, you know, and that's the one of where Kyle Larson goes down the, to the bottom of the racetrack comes back up in front of uh, Ryan priest and I don't know whether you've seen the replay or not on Ryan Priest and the impact uh, that he took once that uh, Kyle Larson hit him. Oh my gosh, I, I couldn't believe that was one of those. That was one of those hits that uh, would leave my brain jarring inside of my skull because it was a rough, rough hit. And Kyle Larson was involved in on that because they were you know, checking up on each other. It seemed like they were trying to draft and they were trying to close that gap up once they could, and then have that airflow go over top of them to where they could cut a little bit better through uh, the air. But uh, you know, once you go and you disrupt that flow and that's what happened with Chastain, he got in the middle of that. You had two clear lanes right there. And then he breaks, it goes into the third and creates the one in the middle and, Obviously, to me, it's like a vacuum. It's just going to all of a sudden go together, and it pushed him, you know, into at least one or two of the cars and uh, spun him out, you know, and everything else happened with it. So, uh, yeah, it was it was a lot of things to process, especially in the final laps of this race. It was it was coming down to gas mileage. It was coming down to who was going to survive the big one. Uh, we found out. We found out who was going to survive the big one, and obviously, you know, he did. Kyle Busch did, but he also rolled the dice and he gambled with the gas. And I think that was the, probably the biggest move anybody could have made of the race. I thought, I thought Ricky Bobby was going to have to get out of his car and run across the finish line the way this one ended. Um, the first, re- first big wreck didn't start until for, uh, 48 laps to go. The, the, right. the next one wasn't until five laps to go. 
Um, yeah. Another big bump, uh, I, I can't, it was a Logano that went into the wall. There was a T-bone yeah. kind of effect there with, with a couple of the guys who got hit. Um, and, um, uh, but that one was the one that set up how everything happened at the end, you know, with five laps to go, you knew you'd get a restart. Uh, and with a restart, you got everybody bunched there together again. And, um, you know, Kyle Busch had to finish this one actually, uh, because he, he did, uh, because we, we did, we did have the leader get to the, the line with the white flag that meant that, uh, you know, whoever was ahead at that point, um, would win, but Bush who was running low on gas still had his, his, his crew was telling him to, to make that one more lap around and finish it, uh, just to make it official. And I guess there was questions whether or not he had enough gas in his car to, to make it back. He, he ran out of gas when he tried to do his burnouts. Yeah. And you know, the other thing is too, there was a lot of aggressive driving going on, not only on the track, but trying to get on to pit road. And I don't know if you saw the, the big thing or not. Tyler Reddick spun as he was coming down through to pit road. And, you know, you've got to drop from, gosh, you know, 100, uh, 150, 160, 70 miles an hour coming down through there. And then you've got enough spot to where you have to start slowing down enough to get within, I think, the 55 mile an hour speed limit as you come down to pit road. And all of a sudden, his car just, completely just you know does a spin right there on pit road uh then besides that chase briscoe had the the second incident that happened with that now whether or not they were just taking it too fast i know there were some speeding penalties yesterday they had to take care of but it was obviously one of those things of where they didn't want to wear the brakes out you don't want to go and put the brakes on and just continuously hold those brakes as you're trying to slow down you've got to let off on them a little bit it could have been the way that you know, they applied the pressure to the brakes and then all of a sudden could have been just something, one little thing that could have um, just disrupted the flow there on the track. It could have been a spot of moisture. I don't know what, but it definitely slung them around is what it did. And, and you know, it changed the scope of the race there. But you really have to give Chase Elliott a lot of uh, kudos for this race, too, because, uh, you know, he finished 12th in this race, led seven laps. He also won one of the stage parts of the race. And all of doing all this with a broken leg and, you know, of course he's healing back and so forth, but it's like, you know, he didn't miss a beat. He was out there. It just, unfortunately, he just didn't have the car, what he needed with the horsepower toward the very end. And he was looking for somebody to help him out. And Bowman came up just a little bit too late to try to get him up toward the front. So it just didn't work out for him the way that he had hoped. I like the quotes uh, from Richard Childers after the race. Of course, Bush getting the win for Richard Childers Racing. It was a Childers team's 13th win at Talladega, and he was talking about how he won a race there in 1969, and he he, he won about $2,000 and thought he'd never have to work again. It just, just shows how far NASCAR's come uh, yep. in terms of the, the uh, what the drivers get compensated now. But, um, yeah, big win for Bush for, for his new team and, um, and for Childers, you know, a little bit of a resurgence as well. Um, who else had some good days out there, Rod, that we haven't talked about? Well, I guess probably more than anything else, we bragged about Bubba Wallace. Uh, you know, Bubba Wallace had a good day, although he finished 28th. He was, like I said, he was in contention to probably win that race more than anything else. But, um, you know, Christopher Bell, I think more than anything, kind of held on to his points lead right now over Ross Chastain, even though he didn't have the best of luck on uh, on Sunday afternoon. But, you know, Chastain didn't hurt himself too bad in the standings, didn't take a tumble out of it because he has just maintained some momentum through it. 
but uh, you've got to really give some, uh, I guess, credit and, and kudos to Eric Almarola. Eric Almarola was running really well there toward the final part of the race before he um, losing out and stuff. He kind of gets uh, knocked out of it at one point. Uh, altogether, 17 lead changes among nine drivers in stage two. So that meant that stage one was kind of boring in one way. Stage two was the one when it got exciting. And then stage three got to be the most fun part, I guess, of anything of the race. And they definitely made it count at Talladega like they always do. <laughs> so uh, now looking ahead to this weekend, NASCAR uh, heads up to Dover uh, mm -hmm. on Sunday at two o'clock. What can we look forward to this weekend? The Monster Mile, it's it's essentially Bristol stretched out to a mile is what it is. So instead of a world's fastest half mile, you have what's considered to be probably the world's fastest mile on slanted concrete. That's about the best way I can, I can describe it. So um, where we stand with this thing going into Dover for next week, I don't know. Um, we're, we're starting to get uh, at least a repeat winner here with Kyle Busch. We've had that one. Joey Logano, if you really want to count the, the race that happened in the Coliseum, uh, you know, he's had ups, he's had downs. And this race was obviously one of his down races. Um, he seems to run well there uh, when he does get to uh, Dover. One other uh, set of drivers you've got to look out for is the Hendrick teams. Uh, the Hendrick teams are always strong there. They always were with Jimmy Johnson. They always were when uh, Jeff Gordon was racing there. So uh, you got to give some consideration there to that team. But I think more than anything else, the resurgence we're starting to see right now with, uh, to me, Joe Gibbs Racing, I think is, is starting to really uh, build up a little bit more. Uh, will Martin Truex be able to pull off a win here? which could be his last season racing on the circuit. Who knows? We don't know at this point, but uh, there's talk that he may retire this year. Uh, he'd like nothing more than to get a win. I think it's been 53 or 54 races since Truex won a race. And so they're kind of desperate to get one right there, uh, especially at, uh, at Dover. But, you know, we'll, we'll see a lot of lead changes. We'll see some racing. Uh, they get up too high on the banking They'll take a trip into the wall a little bit and they'll kiss the wall a little bit. They'll get a little bit of a reminder of what it's going to be like when they go to Darlington here in a couple of weeks. So uh, it'll be, it'll be a fun race to watch. Definitely from Dover. That's two o'clock on Sunday. Look for Augusta free press on Facebook for coverage and thoughts from Rod during the race. And then of course we'll get back next week and we'll uh, break it all down. Well, Rod, as always, thank you for your time and your insight. Appreciate it, Chris. Thanks.